Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alfstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. We have reached about, what, day four of training camp yesterday. They didn't practice Saturday. We're recording on Sunday. Uh, here to talk uh, Seahawks training camp. Uh, we've got a few things to update uh, from our last show. We're going to do that. We're going to highlight a few players that are standing out, and we're going to see what we're looking for uh, in the second week of practices. Hey, Keith, how you doing? Doing good. Um, yeah, it's uh, through three practices. They've had the first day off. Um, there's already some some storylines to to talk about. So let's just jump right into them. Yeah. Well, I was going to hit the salary cap first. I thought that was interesting. We knew what. Um, you know, how the restructures went uh, and impacted the salary cap and the Uchenna Nuasu um, extension. And right now the Seahawks have $16 million and change uh, in this in the salary cap. That's after Witherspoon uh, came in uh, and his contract was added into that as well. So Seahawks are actually in pretty good shape. Right now that's 11th, 11th most in the league and gives them some opportunity for some flexibility for some deals potentially uh, as training camp proceeds, as the uh, regular season comes into focus, and then uh, all the way through to the trade deadline um, if they need to, if they feel like they're uh, lacking in any position group, they can go out and, and kind of acquire um, as necessary. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is that is the flexibility that they have. And the nice thing is, is that, you know, some of it is uh, acquiring cap room now and using up next year's cap in order to have it available this year but the way the yeah. cap rollover works it doesn't matter right it's and, and it's going up yeah if they if they don't use it um then it just rolls over into next year anyway so uh yeah. it is i haven't checked kind of working out 
I haven't checked lately where the cap is projected to be in 2024, but I would imagine it will probably increase uh, double what the increase was this year. I think it went up $10 million as it has for the last 10 or 12 years. I would imagine it might go up $20 million next year only because of the media agreements uh, that will uh, be entered and in play uh, by the 2024 season. And so, so you know, I the money's going to be there. Um, there's enough players under contract, too. I think the Seahawks are plus $100 million in salary cap right now. Obviously, that's not going to stay the same by the time we get, you know, into free agency next year. Um, we could have anywhere between 40 and $60 million to play with. At least that's where it stands right now. Which is and, true. Um, hopefully, hopefully within that, there's also um, more than, you know, 30 players on the roster. Because <laughs> that was the yeah, problem like going into this. The <clears throat> problem with this year is that, yeah, it looked like they had a lot of cap room, but they had n- very few players on the roster. So there was a country. lot of money that had to be spent just to fill out a roster out. And, and again, uh, hats off to John Schneider and company because they mastered that masterfully. Um, I thought they did a great job, especially with the Juno contract. It just kind of laid the foundation for everything else that followed. Mm-hmm. And we were able to sign Dre Jones. Um, and then, you know, enough pieces to where we're really not lacking in any one spot on the roster. Maybe save the defensive tackle spot, but I'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. We'll talk about that um, spot. I wanted to start with the offense, Keith, and I just wanted to talk about a couple of outstanding standout type plays and players that we've seen so far in camp and kind of what that means uh, for the roster. I want to start with D. Eskridge because by all accounts, he's having one of the best camps, along with Michael Jackson on the defense, of anybody in camp. And um, if if he stays healthy and has stayed healthy all, in, all through the offseason by all reports and through the first three days of camp, um, what impact would that have on this roster? That would be huge. I mean, he's just a weapon, right? He's a guy that can um, run those jet sweeps. He can get the ball in space and, and do crazy things with it. He can also um, change direction so much faster than most human beings that um, he's able to create space and get open um, very quickly when necessary. Uh, and to add him in to... Um, the the trio above him with it is Jackson Smith and Jigma and you know Lockett Metcalf. Now you're talking about there's not there's only one football. How do you get it to all these guys? That becomes the problem that you have when you've got four guys that are playing at that high of a level. So um there can be there's nothing bad that can happen from uh Eskridge staying healthy and 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 returning to the form that caused the Seahawks to draft him in the second round. You know, you mentioned the four wide receivers at the top of the room, but that's just really the tip of the iceberg. You've got Derek Young that can impact the roster. I understand Kate Johnson's having a heck of a of a camp, along with uh, Landers, Matt Landers, and then you've got the the tight end room. We all know about Noah Fant and company, and then you look at the running backs. We've improved there. We've got Charbonnet, McIntosh. I guess is having a great camp so far, showing what he can do, uh, especially receiving out of the backfield. Man. This is just like the best case scenario, I think, for this offense so far. Speaking of Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, and well, I want to say Eskridge too. He showed up all three days. Like he's had impact plays all three days, really showing up. Um, hats off to D. Eskridge. I know it's a it's a tough deal where you've got an entire fan base and all of the media really not against you per se, but serious doubts about you. 
and to be able to work in the off season, come in and perform and be ready for camp. Hats off to him. Yeah. So, um, and, and Jigba Keith, uh, let's talk about this kid. It's, it, it's like one of those deals where you feel like you're on a little bit of a hype train when you talk about him, but the hype is real. He's backing it up. <coughs> yeah. Um, and that's what you kind of expect from a guy that's the that's the 20th overall pick and the first wide receiver taken in a draft, right? You expect a guy to come in and show um, some readiness, some some ability to come in and be a playmaker right away. Um, well, you, yeah, know. yes and no, because, yeah, he was drafted in the first round, but he, was, he went fell all the way to 20. No other wide receivers were taken before him. He's the first guy to come off the board. He had that junior season that was completely washed out um, at Ohio State, but his sophomore year was so um, huge and, and showed so much potential. And then he had that, capped it off with that Rose Bowl performance. And, and, and that's why he was sitting there. But this guy, you know, by all accounts, could have gone top 10. John Schneider says as much as well. And, he's, and to have that come out and show that is super exciting because we haven't had a third wide receiver that we could depend on year in, year out, like consistently for. I don't know how long, Keith, like four, five, six seasons. It's been a while since Doug Baldwin retired. It seems like since Doug Baldwin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Crazy. And in, okay. and we we say that with about Baldwin, but Baldwin was mostly, he wasn't a, he wasn't a third guy. He was, yeah, he, he, played, in the, the way up. he, he yeah. played in the slot, but he was more than a third receiver. Um, although I, I did see um, some uh, comments this week about, people getting a lot of Doug Baldwin vibes from Jackson Smith and Jigma just in the way that he works and his Separate. ability to get open in small space and, um, uh, that kind of stuff. And Crafty. I mean, it's, that's yeah. But of course he's, he's got more speed than Baldwin did. Not that Baldwin was slow, but I mean, that's just, well, well that's the thing Jason's he's able to, to, to get open, you know, and win in the middle, but also, He's able to get downfield for you. He's already shown that in some clips that we've seen um, in practice. And talk about, you know, when you've got three receivers that can do the same things, um, that's when things get special. And that's where we're at, I think, with, with this guy. So I, I want to talk about Cade Johnson a little bit. And, I, and the reason that I do, not because I think he's going to make the roster at this point or whatever, but just because he's standing out so far. Um, the, the spot um behind Derek Young and it looks like maybe um you know with with what Eskridge is doing so far maybe he's ahead of Derek Young right now for that fourth spot but now we're starting to talk about getting into the weeds a little bit with the furthest depth players on the roster at wide receiver the wide receiver is going to probably carry absolutely carry five but there could be an opportunity there for uh, the team to carry six so we're talking about competition at the fifth and sixth spot on the roster but Kate Johnson seems to be standing out so far. He's he's put in the work. He's come in. He's improved. He's leading the pack right now as as the the you know in that fifth sixth conversation, um, for, out of this group and, and includes you know Landers and some of the other players, uh, uh, that would be kind of practice squad level guys. Um, Kate Johnson, I you know, and that's good news for Kate. You know, mm -hmm. he came on last year. He had some punt return opportunities, kick return. Uh, that could be another spot where he could kind of fill in on the roster is special teams. Yeah, I mean, his, this is a guy that I was kind of excited about. I'm um, when he came out, uh, he was an undrafted free agent. I thought he would would get drafted. 
So when when Seattle signed him after the draft, I was pretty excited about it. He just has never been able to stick. He's always been close to making the roster. He's been like, I you know it's a 53-man roster. He was like the 56th guy in camp. Um, and so for him to come out and actually, as the roster has gotten better, for him to continue to step forward, um, yeah, it's starting to make it look like he is a guy that 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 could could earn a spot there. I think it's he's got an uphill battle. I still think that he's behind, you know, um, the four we've talked about, Jarek Young, and he's got to hold off Matt Landers, who yeah. um, maybe. Like Bobo. Yeah. And, and um, well, Bobo had a good, like, summer, but I haven't yes. heard much of anything about him since either. camp started. Uh, and whereas Matt Landers had a good summer and he's had a good camp for a couple of days. Um, and he's just uniquely physical, right? He's, he's just. Um, got physical traits that that Cade Johnson can't match but um still I, he's he's been it's been a kind of a fun story he's a guy that's hung around he's continued to put in the work he's not gotten opportunities but that hasn't prevented him from continuing to grind so uh we've seen plenty of guys that that grind has paid off for them uh Mike Jackson on the Especially other side on this roster yeah um Mike Jackson spent 4 years on practice squads before finally getting his his chance um and showed up in a big way last year and now so, he's fighting so hard he doesn't want to give it up he's one of the players i want to talk about on the defensive side of the ball for sure yeah so <clears throat> the cx love guys like that and honestly i love stories like that you know the guys that are that put in the work that do the grinding that you know nothing's ever given to them and they don't care they just continue to 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 do their thing um Teams can never have enough guys like that. So last player I want to talk about on the offensive side, you know, there's obvious players too, like Metcalf's winning some battles against, uh, um, you know, the defense. Uh, obviously, Tyler Lockett is having success. Geno Smith is throwing the ball like crazy. I think we just need to devote an entire show to Geno Smith, though. I mean, these things are kind of almost now a given. So you mm -hmm. just don't want to talk about them because, yeah, we already know that. Let's talk about some of the other guys. But... Nonetheless, uh, Kenny McIntosh. I just want to mention Kenny McIntosh because he seems like he's standing out right now, kind of separating himself, maybe even a little bit from DJ Dallas. Now, Dallas is a consummate pro. He's coming in. He's working hard. He's there. Again, a guy that you expect to do a cer certain things in camp, and he's doing those things. McIntosh is new. Um, you know, we didn't know. He was an unknown quantity, you know, for most fans. Comes in, didn't athletically test well, dropped in the draft all the way to the seventh round. Comes in with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, and something to prove. And sure enough, guys showing burst and speed and quickness. Um, some of those things don't show up in some of the athletic testing as far as long speed, um, you know, in, in the 40 and, and whatnot. So that athleticism, that burst, that quickness, shiftiness, and so forth is showing up in camp. And I just wanted to mention that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's um, he's coming in. He's fighting for a roster spot. I think he's got an inside track and almost guaranteed to make one. Um, but he's basically an upgrade over Travis Homer, um, athletically I think and, so. and everything. And, and Homer stuck around his entire rookie career. Um, and yeah. And landed did, a second contract. Yeah. With did another did, team. Did some good things and, and yeah, got himself another deal. Um, and I think that McIntosh is a, is an upgrade there in, in that same kind of role, same kind of body. Remember um, how uh, Homer came in initially, Keith, and just was not impressive. He was the guy that was supposed to have a little bit of that shiftiness, that burst, that that speed, and so forth. When he came in, 
I didn't think he had anything like that. He didn't show he didn't show that in camp, and he made the roster only because he was kind of a back end of the draft draft pick. And I thought maybe he was given the benefit of the doubt there. And it took him like nearly three years to kind of figure it out. Yeah. Um, well, yes. Um, he. I mean, he made the roster his um, rookie year, which I was a little surprised yeah. at. Me too. Um, and but the team found ways to use him, and they, he kept him on the roster. And then he, yeah, he did kind of grow, um, and become a better player as he as he continued to be in the system. I just think that that the way Kenny McIntosh looks is that basically he's going to step in where Homer was at the end. Yes, yes, and right then out grow of the from there. Um, and that that's that's promising. It's really promising. Um, and so I. Yeah, I I think that's going to be good. I think we should before we we leave the offense, we should talk with the offensive line a little bit because just as an update, um, sure, well, we could, go because for it, it, man. Our last show we talked about, you know, it was so telling that Olotimi was was already getting reps with the ones, and if he if he got reps with the ones again on day three, that the job was his like that because you don't you it's think they didn't. Evan Brown went back in on day three. Olotimi is going to be back in here on day four today. Um, as the starter. So they are continuing to rotate it. Um, I will say though, that um, you listen to uh, Gino Smith and, and some of the quotes he's had, I think it's all job. He talks about how this kid's 23, he comes in, but he's a vet. He already knows all the line calls. He knows all the protection calls. He can come in and point yep. out to other people. Hey, this, this is what we're going to do. This is what they are going to do. The defensive line and knows that stuff. Um, that, that's why they drafted him because that's, you know, that's who he is. He's so smart. Um, and it seems like the coaches are maybe looking now for subtle differences, differences that only a veteran would really know about the NFL. You know, Evan Brown's played against some of the toughest defensive players in the NFL. He's got mm -hmm. two seasons of that. He's, he's started what 30 games over the last two seasons at two different positions. Now he may be average or, or looked upon as league average at the at those um spots but nonetheless that experience at this level gives him an edge that you just can't overcome sometimes as a rookie it's going to take a lot to me it would take a lot for Oluwatimi to come in and do it and it seems like he's capable he seems, seems like he's there um and it just i don't know i mean it seems like he'd go either way right now but at this stage in camp where he's sharing first first uh, team reps at this level um, alternating like that it seems like it's just a matter of time mm -hmm. and um so far haynes has the job at right guard bradford is um isn't getting any first team reps which is you know kind of expected that's typically how these things go that's why the Oluwatini getting reps with the first team this early um was notable um but part of it like some of the stuff that i read from um haynes is he is like even though he, it, we feel like, oh, he, he hasn't really done much. He like has half a season where he's played a lot. Um, he's been around the team. This is his fifth year. He missed two years because of injury. Couldn't get on the field year three because, well, the depth chart just was what it was and people didn't get hurt. And then, then he finally got some snaps at the end of the year. And then last year was in that platoon role. Um, but he's still been around the team. He's been around the coaches. He's been around, um, you know, what, is ex is expected so he's kind of come in as a leader and has been i mean he's like 
of the guys on the in the offensive line room other than Evan Brown who's new to the team and and whatever he's the vet of the group he's the guy who's been been in Seattle the longest um and so he has kind of adopted that um that role of yeah. you know being the vet uh being the mentor trying to you know trying to teach trying to show guys how it's done um and specifically brought up Anthony Bradford, which is interesting because that's the guy that's shooting for his job and um, how he's, you know, been trying to help the kid and, and work with them and, and show him some of the things that he wished that he had known, you know, as a rookie and talk to him about the things um, that he credits to why he's healthy now and wasn't his first two years, which is things like diet and uh, flexibility and um, not the big muscles, but the, you know, the stabilization muscles and the other, the other little ones um, that you need. Um, and, and those were the ones that were, that he got hurt when he was, um, when he was injured. So just trying to teach the kids that kind of stuff, stuff that he's picked up along the way. And I just found that to be really interesting. I, I will say this. It seems like there's a subtle difference between the, the battle at center and battle at right guard. It seems like this is Phil Haynes's job to lose. Like going into camp, it's Phil's job to lose and he's the guy and it's, it, it's just, it's going to be an uphill battle for Bradford. Whereas on the other side, it seems like it's Oluwatimi's job to lose, um, but they're not going to give it to him. So it, it's like just a little subtle difference, but it seems like Oluwatimi's a notch ahead in this battle. And we're going to see at least one of these rookies start the year. And it seems like it's going to be Ola Watimi. But you know what? It's a long camp. Three preseason games to go. Yep. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's get to the defense, Keith. Uh, one player that stands out to me more than any other player right now is because of the leap in improvement. And I'm going to I'm gonna call out Vi Jones at mm-hmm. linebacker. He's, I think he's improved his stock more than any other player so far. Added 10 pounds of muscle in the offseason. He had an interception the other day that showed his ability to get sideline to sideline, the range Kid's of, got of speed. that player. And he's his diversity now, he played a little bit out of position last year because he was lighter. But now coming in, playing off the ball linebacker, he's still got that experience, um, and that's only going to help him. I think he's got a legit chance if Bush falters a little bit. Reg, uh, not Reggie Bush, I'm sorry. Uh, Devin Bush falters a little bit. I think that by Jones actually has an opportunity to start against or, or with Bobby Wagner on this defense. And that's great news that somebody's emerged at that spot internally, because as you know, uh, it seems like we've been lacking there for, for quite a while. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is basically, I mean, it's, it's Bobby and the team waiting for Jordan Brooks to get healthy and he's not yeah. healthy. Um, and I know there's still optimism that he might be healthy by week one, but I still think that's crazy. Um, and you know, Vi Jones didn't make the roster, um, out of camp last year. And I was really surprised at that. He had a great camp last year. Now he did he is, have a great camp. He was undersized and there was, you know, those kind of things. And I get, and I think that. that's why they felt like they could stash him. Yeah. Cause he and wasn't they, ready to play for any team. And they, they did stash him. Um, but then, you know, he has shown that he is, um, a guy who can be a playmaker. I, I will see what happens when the games start because you know, you have guys like him that show up in practice, but then once the pads go on, it's hard to um, 
it's hard to make it translate. Um, uh, Keem Griffin, um, Quill's brother, is one of those, right? He looked um, great in practice his rookie year. You're like, wow, you can't keep this guy off the field. And then the game started, and he was out there, and he was lost. He played his first game, and that was the end of his career. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he stuck around on the team, but it was as a special teams guy only. Right. Was, ne was never thought of as a linebacker after one game. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, that, it really kind of comes down to that sort of thing. Um, and so we'll see. But what we're seeing so far, he looks he looks good. Like, that's a nice development. It is a nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think one of the best developments on the defense, of course, you can go to the, uh, the defensive back room right now. We can talk about that for hours because it's just it's crazy. But I want to talk about uh, Jerron Reed for a minute. Uh, guy comes in, you know, we kind of assumed that he was going to go into that um, defensive end three tech role uh, on this defense, this three, four defense. Um, seems like, you know, uh, Pete hinted that that he might see some rotation time on the inside. But so far, he's been playing full time at nose tackle for this defense at camp, uh, looking really good, moving really well, penetrating the pocket, leading by example, all that good stuff. Attributes we gave to kind of uh, Diggs and Wagner last week. Um, in, in the last show, you know, Jerron Reed's kind of in that role too, quick to bring the other guys along, share some secrets, um, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of want to point that out. Um, the other guy I want to talk about, Keith, is Mike Jackson. How can you not talk about the job that Michael Jackson's doing? He is continuing to grind and continuing to work. And um, that's just fascinating. I love this. I love this story. And just going through and, and, and emerged about, in the off-season program. Yeah. And and it continues to, you um, know, he, through three practices. And he is out there intentionally lining himself up against um, DK, DK Metcalf at every opportunity. <laughs> and they're having battles. And they this are. Is, this, is, um, this is made for TV stuff. And, um, you know, Jackson's gotten beat a couple times and when he does you hear him just scream that expletive because he's so angry at himself and he just runs back lines up and let's go again i've heard he's winning more battles than he's losing against against metcalf yeah no that yeah. is that is that is the case um but he when he when he loses one like that's he's like no this isn't we're gonna do this again let's go line up and do it again um he's just fighting in every and you know I, how DK Metcalf is against premium oh, he's competition a, and he's physical a cornerbacks. Yeah, yeah, he's a competitor too. He's not going to give up anything. Yeah, it's going to be one of those shows. I think all through camp, you know, eventually we're not going to hear about him anymore because they're going to uh, take that that competition away and make sure that DK enters the, the the season ready to go without any nicks, cuts, scrapes, bruises. Michael Jackson's mm -hmm. a warrior. I mean, and he's fighting. The, the greatest thing about this story, Keith, is the fight um, that, that Michael Jackson's coming in. He drafted a kid, by all accounts, the best cornerback in the draft to take his job. With you know, uh, Tariq Woolen over over there on the other side has got his job. One of the best emerges, one of the best corners in the game last year. He's not going anywhere. It's Mike Jackson's job that they're going after with Witherspoon, and and so much so that. Um, Mike Jackson says, bullshit, I'm, this, I'm not going to put up with that. I'm coming in. I'm going to show these guys I belong. I've waited too long for this opportunity. I'm not, I'm not giving this thing away. So much so that they've got Witherspoon playing in the nickel full time against Kobe Bryant in camp to, to, to 
see who emerges there. And I, you know, I think part of that is teaching Witherspoon that position so that he can be uh, multidimensional as far as how they use him. Nonetheless, Michael Jackson's going to be on the field this year for the Seahawks. Oh, he is absolutely. Um, and uh, he's and he was one play. of those guys, Keith. When when we were doing uh, free agency and we were going through who they should retain and and whatnot, Michael Jackson was on the bubble for me. I was like, yeah, they can improve there. There's an opportunity there for improvement. Yeah, he's great physical corner. He tackles really well. Pete Carroll likes that. But on the back end, he's kind of okay. He's average. He's taking it to another level this this uh, off season. Yeah, I always thought you undersold him a little bit. I mean, yes, there was an opportunity to upgrade because anyone who's not, you know, an elite player, there's an Team opportunity. Team felt that way too. They, I mean, it, yeah, it was an opportunity cost at the fifth pick overall, but they, they drafted Witherspoon. They could have yeah. gone in a different direction, but they decided maybe, hey, yeah, we'll upgrade that. Mm-hmm. Player yes. over position. Um, yeah, yeah, right. So. Okay. So uh, one of the things I wanted to do is talk about some players that we're going to look for this uh, week, uh, coming into the second week of uh, training camp, who needs to kind of show who we want to look at and and gain a little bit more knowledge about. One of those is Devin Witherspoon. We just talked about him. He's only had one practice. Didn't hear a lot about his play from Friday's practice. Uh, He's a guy that now I'm going to be looking at. Where is he taking his snaps? How's he doing? How's that competition between Kobe Bryant? Kobe's not going to want to give his spot away. He's looking at how Michael Jackson's approaching his uh, his battle over there at cornerback on the left side of the defense. How's Kobe Bryant going to handle that as well? Uh, so I'm going to be looking at those things. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting that Kobe Bryant's like the name you're not hearing much about um, in that it's Trey Brown who has gotten this, the starters reps with Reek Wollen out. Um on that other, you know, opposite of Jackson. Um, and I, I found that to be, um, to be interesting They're there. And they leave, they left him over there. And as, um, you know, Witherspoon comes in his first practice, he's, he's off, you know, out of that holdout. Nope. Sorry, kid. Still Brown over there. Um, they're, they're not going to give, um, Witherspoon anything. Just stand set, sit front right from the beginning here. You got to go, um, go earn this. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think yeah. it's exciting. One last player I want to talk about on the defensive side is Mike Morris. Uh, he was drafted by Seattle, comes in at six foot six, nearly 300 pounds by all accounts. And of course, when we go look at him too, he's a fluid mover. He doesn't look that size when you look at him, but he's just bigger and faster and just has more about him as a football player than some of the other players that are on the field. He just kind of stands out. And so I want to see what that's about with him, how the team has transitioned him uh, from being um, mostly on the outside um, for Michigan last year and having him move a little inside to the three-tech spot, knowing that he's got somebody on his outside edge, an outside linebacker, reg, edge rusher on this team, um, and see how he handles that. See if he can affect the pass rush, uh, beat his man one-on-one in some one-on-one battles, and see if he can emerge as maybe a, um, a, a quality uh, rotation piece for this defense. I think he would really help, especially against the run. Oh, absolutely. Um, he is an interesting guy because he, um, you know, the way that he kind of played out of position at Michigan. Um, and then he cut a bunch of weight before the 
uh, combine because he wanted to look. Um, he knew he wasn't super athletic. He wanted to look leaner. He wanted to look quicker. Um, wanted to show that you know he could because you know he, for in his mind he's like oh I'm a five tech uh, defensive end, um, and I want to show that I can rush the passer and 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 prove some value. Um, and the Seahawks drafted him and said nope, put the weight back on. <laughs> we want you back where you were. Um, at they even told be- they even told him that before yeah. uh, he was drafted. Um, they're like, go put the weight back on. We want you back up to what your playing weight was in college. Um, and cause we're going to use you as a, yeah, still at five tech, but now you're in a three, four, you're not the outside guy. You're, um, you're, there's guys outside of you. Uh, and so we need you to have that uh, ability to hold up there. And, you know, he did. And, and all of that, it, it's just, a, he's an interesting case. He didn't test great, but his tape is much better than his testing. So on the offensive side, one of the, the the first player I want to look at, well, there's two, and well, there's three, <laughs> and, they're, and they're all wide receivers for me. Uh, I want to I want to keep seeing and Jigba, not because I I now don't think that he can do it, and I want to see if, if if it was just an aberration on the first three days of practice. No, I want to see it because it seems like it's so outstanding that I want to actually witness it with my own eyes and and get even more excited uh, because by all accounts this guy's the real deal, and so I'm not worried now that he's the, not the real deal. I think he is. I just want to see it. Um, and then D.S. Gridge and Derek Young. Now, the reason I mentioned Derek Young is that we haven't heard too much about him in camp so far. I understand that he's taken a few handoffs. They've used him, you know, around both at running back, at, mm-hmm. inside, at, at kind of tight end, like an H-back, and then uh, on the outside as well. And um, I just want to see kind of how they integrate him. Yeah, especially with Gridge maybe taking that fourth spot. That He's competition not, seems real interesting to he, me. He hasn't been having like the big impact, the big wow play as that. But you look at how much they've moved him around and they've lined him up in the backfield in an H-back kind of fullback spot and run him out of there. Um, they've handed the ball to him. They've, they've, they've run a lot of screen pass uh, drills, way more than you've ever seen them run before. And that's they set a, up a few of those to him. Um, they set up a couple where... He they faked it to him, and Lead then blocker. set up the set up the screen. Yeah, set up the the screen on the backside away from where he went. I mean, to Enjigba, se- by the way. Yeah, they seem to have developed um, a chunk of the playbook around Derek Young's skill set. Yes, um, as if they this isn't a battle for him. They know he's on the roster, and it's like, okay, this guy's super unique. How can we use him? Um, because, like I said, there's so much that they're doing that other guys on the roster aren't going to be asked to do. They're just saying, here, we want you to be the one who moves around and does all these things and puts pressure on defenses. Um, and I found that part to be interesting. Okay, he's not, like I said, he's not showing up with the wild plays. He's not like, you know, uh, coming in and dominating the way um, uh, Smith and Jigman has. But still, I, the fact that they've been using him in all those different ways is very interesting. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Um you had already mentioned Phil Haynes and the Anthony Bradford Bradford mm-hmm. um, battle, so I'm not going to talk about that. We all want to kind of see that. Uh, I want to see Olamitimi uh, only because I want to see if this is the week he takes that job and and keeps it. Um, and if he doesn't, I'll probably mention him for for next week because um, at it, some point he's going it, to right. <laughs> it, it seems like it right, and mm-hmm. I just kind of want to see how that evolves. So that's very interesting to me. I like things like that 
watching things like that is fascinating. Um, and it, and it, if it's early, I think it shows it, it shows a, a certain level of confidence that they have in the player. Therefore, I'm going to have more confidence in the, in the player as, as we get towards uh, the regular season kickoff. So I just kind of, I'm interested in that. The last one I want to talk about, Keith, is uh, running back. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Kenny McIntosh earlier and a little bit of DJ Dallas. How about Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet? See, that's the, the issue. It's like we know Ken Walker's coming in and he's the number one um, on the depth chart and all of that. Um, <clears throat> but he's missed the last two days of practice and has spent and, time. And without word of what that's for. Yeah, because, you know, Pete Carroll didn't give a um, a press conference after either of them. So we haven't heard what that is, but he's he had one light practice the first day um, with no pads and no hitting and any of that. And then had to sit out two days and that can't be good um yeah. injury yeah, or that, discipline that's it yeah or, um, or they're resting him which you know, you know may yeah, make sense but it's so early in camp it, it's too early in camp if you're gonna rest him you're not resting him on day two and especially when you know you've got a day off on saturday yeah um and so we need to see him back in the um yeah, back in the fold. We need to see him back doing his thing. Um, and, and first I mean, team reps. Yeah. Charbonnet also missed uh, practice on Friday. So um, those are the two guys. So much of this offense is going to key on those two guys' ability to occupy linebackers. Um, yeah. And yeah. them being themselves is part of why you and I are so excited about this offense and think it can be great. Uh, we need both those guys to get in there and play not be sitting on the sideline yeah so so yeah fun cool i think that's all we've got i mean yeah, we kind of packed a lot into the show and i didn't know it was going to be be so uh, inclusive of a lot of different players but um it's it's all good so far no injuries to, to report on no setbacks no uh there's also no news on like jamal adams and jordan brooks um things are pretty quiet there so i would imagine um it's going to be you know even into the following week before we might see some Jamal Adams news. I think it would start slow if he did come in to practice. It would be more of running on the sidelines, um, which he's doing, and, and working out in the um, in in the weight room. But as soon as he kind of takes the field and do, does some drills inside a team structure, that's what we're looking for. And yep. um, I haven't heard a single thing about that happening at this point, but it's something to watch. Yep. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Good show, Keith. Thank you. Uh, listeners, if you uh, want to watch us on YouTube, go to our own YouTube channel. If you're already watching, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. Share it and uh, leave a review for us. Uh, you can also comment. I answer. I try to answer most of the comments that are out there unless they're specifically directed to Keith. And usually those are the bad ones. I like to leave those alone anyway. Um, <laughs> but, so I wait for Keith to come, come along. Sometimes I screenshot them. Uh, and send them to Keith just to make sure he has an opportunity to answer back some of the derogatory <laughs> comments that are associated with him. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and uh, and then if you want to listen on the, on the podcast side, uh, we've got our podcast on almost any platform you can think of. Just go search Seahawks Playbook Podcast. You'll find it when you do hit the subscribe button. All right, let's get out of here. Talk Until to you later, time. man. <laughs> yeah, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter 
Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.